Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast. Join me every other week to hear data professionals discuss how data is used in various industries, get inspired, get your fill of tips to help you overcome challenges on your career, and feel great. Let's get straight into it. In March 2020, governments from around the world demanded that we worked from home. And from one day to the other, we stopped going to the office. A year and a half later, a good part of us is still working from home, but things are changing again. And companies are already announcing plans to return to the office. For example, Google is expecting about 60% of its employees to work in an hybrid model. So that means working from home sometimes and working to the, from the office sometimes. And basically, while things have been pretty sudden last year, it doesn't have to be this time. And this is why today I am joined by Holly Smith, Senior Solution Consultant at Databrick, to discuss well, you would have guessed what, returning to the office. And in this episode, we talk about how working from home has worked for us, how we feel about going back to the office, and more importantly, we will provide you with some tips to help you make the return to the office a smooth and positive change for you. Before we start, I would like to let you know that the WIT podcast is taking a break in August, so after this episode, we will be back on the 2nd of September. So no episode in August. And in September, we will be back on the topic of achieving your ambitions. Hi, Holly. Hello, hello. How are you? Very good, thank you. Super excited to be here today. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast in such a short notice. <laughs> I... <laughs> I keep telling everyone, oh, I'm planning ahead, I'm booked until the end of the year. And then I thought, how are we not talking about going back to the office? We need to have an episode like that. <laughs> Holly, before we start talking about working from home and going back to the office, can I invite you to introduce yourself? Thank you so much. So my name is Holly, Holly Smith. I'm a senior solutions consultant at Databricks. If you don't know who Databricks are, they are one of Silicon Valley's fastest growing tech startups. They've just had a valuation of about $28 billion, which for a company of about two and a half thousand people is pretty, pretty, pretty big. But that's not all I do. I'm also a committee member for DataKind UK focusing on how we manage our wonderful community there. It also involves interviewing a lot of candidates as well. I'm also a data strategy advisor for Tech Talent Charter. Technically, I'm an ambassador for women in data, but I've already done like one engagement, so I'm not sure if I've quite earned that title yet. And previously, before I did all of this, I was a lead data scientist at Lloyd's Banking Group. Yeah, uh, definitely an ambassador for women in data. You are one of the okay. 20 in data and technology for 2020, so... On it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really great. You did mention a lot of interesting things that you're doing at the moment. That sounds like you have a very, very busy life. Holly, we started working from home for a year and a half now, I think. Mm -hmm. How did you feel about working from home at the beginning? 
So at the beginning, I lived in a tiny studio flat. It was about 15 meters square. So it didn't have a sofa. I only had a single bed. There was no space for anything. My bathroom was actually so small that one of my friends, she's about six foot two, she couldn't really use the bathroom properly because it was so small. And this idea of spending what looked like months stuck at home with terrible wi-fi sounded appalling so i packed everything into a suitcase the day before the lockdown was announced i left london and i moved to a beautiful place on the south coast where i grew up but so now i live 50 meters from goldie sandy beaches yeah it was a bit of an upheaval but i'm glad i made that change because if i didn't i think i would have had an awful time locked down yeah, it sounds like you're at the great spot right now, especially with the heat we, we have over the summer. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to add that I was incredibly privileged that I could do this. I mean, I didn't have to consider children or a partner, and I did have the financial freedom that meant I could rent two places at once. So I, I made the best of a bad situation, but I appreciate not everyone was, you know, was able to do that. Yeah, I think it's been pretty obvious that different people would have different situations during the lockdown. So we've heard about, for example, the ones who were doing flat sharing and did not have a proper living room. I remember when I was doing flat sharing, we there was no, the only common area was the, the kitchen. So I'm trying to imagine five people working on the kitchen table. That that must have been horrible for, for quite a few people. Yeah. Uh, I think on, on my end, you did mention that you were feeling privileged that you didn't have to consider partners and children and things like that. Uh, when the lockdown hit, so the first lockdown, my sister was living with me and my partner. She came to London to learn English and we all got locked down together in the same flat. So we have enough space, uh, thankfully. But me being an introvert, I was feeling very concerned about spending so much time mm. in a flat with two other people whom I love uh, a lot but 24-7 yes. <laughs> and we survived actually no um, argument my sister stayed so she stayed from January to June all went well and then as soon as the lockdown lifted she went back to to Paris what did you gain from working from home and also what were your main challenges so I think from for working from home, there's kind of two themes that are kind of going on here. So working from home, the actual work itself, but then also on the personal side. Now, I've, I was having a think about this and it's quite different. So in terms of the benefits for work, uh, I actually changed jobs about 12 months ago. So I was still a Databricks, but now I'm a consultant. Previously, it was a bit more of an like account manager type role. And I went from something that was involving talking to a lot of people, having a lot of meetings to a lot of focus time. And working from home has been brilliant from that. So I've been able to, it's a lot of programming. So if I was in the office, all I would be doing is going in, putting on headphones and then trying to block out the rest of the office. So that was fantastic. I found that, meetings and conferences being able to have those on your phone put some headphones in and go for a walk instead of being stuck in a, a big room where you kind of zone out a little bit and you can see people <laughs> checking their emails actually being able to listen to content whilst out walking been able to absorb so much more information uh, less time commuting and traveling no I think I used to waste about waste 20% of my week you know flying to places 
which actually did put a dent in my productivity. And something that I've not heard being addressed, and I don't know whether this is because I'm the only one who's experienced it, or maybe it's a bit taboo, but it was a very kind of laddish culture in the office. And I haven't had to put up with any of that kind of behavior. There's been no off-color comments. I've not heard anything inappropriate over the last year. And I don't know if that's because people are realizing that you know writing this stuff down makes you think that maybe oh this actually isn't appropriate for work (laughs) but when it's in the office and everyone else is saying it you think oh maybe it is okay so from a work perspective that's they've been the, the biggest positives in terms of the challenges that I've had there are a lot of new people and I have no idea who they are we have doubled the team size over the last year and all of these new people just blur together in one big welcome email. I have no idea <laughs> um, who these people are, what, what team they work in. And so I feel like I'm missing out on knowing them, but I'm sure they're also having a difficult time as well, trying to establish them in a very big, noisy, chaotic environment. And also something I found is that conversations that require more emotional intelligence or more EQ are a lot harder over the phone compared to doing it face-to-face where you can see the subtle changes and how people are responding to what you're saying. Yeah, agreed. It's funny, I think we have quite the the same type of benefits and challenges, uh, funny. So for, for me, it was definitely that so you said uh, wasting time in the commute oh my god um, I don't have such <laughs> I don't have such a long commute so for me it's one hour to the office and then one hour back people in London would say oh that's very short and I'm thinking you're crazy for mm-hmm. thinking that short <laughs> it's like two hours of my day gone so having that time back was amazing uh, it allowed me to do things that I've wanted to do for a while so that would be the podcast doing online mentoring and you mentioned also going to events being able to go to events that were based outside of the UK oh my god yeah Yeah, and being able to have them on in the background as well so if you're just doing something that doesn't require a lot of thinking power you can you can have it on in the background and not be rude because you're not that person sat in the conference yeah the laptop's open but you you mentioned something interesting so the thing you said people don't mention is the laddish culture that you don't you don't see anymore something i've noticed and i've heard many people saying that is that in the office you have this social chit chat that you can't really have now because mm-hmm. it it does feel like if you're messaging someone for something that is not re- work related you would properly be it feels rude to me so it feels like i'm properly intruding in the middle of the person's work where I did not feel like that Mm -hmm. in the office. So do you think these two could be kind of related? So the fact that we have less non-work related chat and that you don't see the laddish culture anymore. So at Databricks, we set aside time for chit chat. So we have a, like a women's coffee morning. It's San Francisco coffee morning. So it's evening time for me, but you know, they're all starting their day and as I'm finishing mine. But it's just like no agenda, just 15 minutes in the diary, turn up if you want to and have a bit of a chit chat. That's really nice. Uh, We do have a Thursday evening get together as well. And it's meant to be like a a beer time, but I don't drink. But what I do is I'll make dinner. So I'll have my laptop open. I'll be making some dinner. I'll sit and eat on camera, which I know is not for everyone. And so it doesn't feel like work. I'm still kind of getting on with my day and it's not as imposing, which I really like because there used to be a lot of kind of enforced fun previously. And as someone who 
doesn't drink, has a pretty rigid sleep schedule, is quite vegan. Like I was a nightmare to take anywhere. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I have to leave by eight because I want to be in bed. (laughs) Whereas now, this is so much easier just to have that kind of casual conversation with people instead of doing it in the office. But yeah, it does have to be kind of booked out. And you do have to think, is this, does this come out of work? time work allocated time or is it coming out of personal allocated time uh and are you happy with with where it goes I mean I think it's quite hard to justify two hours of chit chat out of the work week yeah but having it as a social event and if you like your colleagues and you want to have that social engagement then yeah sure put it in the in the recreation fun category yeah it feels like you guys have it better covered than us Uh, (laughs) what (laughs) Holly what are the plans to return to the office so it's kind of uncertain because oh, well, we're in kind of a unique position because our old office is being bulldozed, which is not a story everyone else can relate to. So we have to move somewhere and it's it's still quite uncertain. What I will commend Databricks for is that they've had a uh, excellent approach to say in, you know, this is the plan for the next three months. And in three months, we're going to make another decision. They're yeah. incredibly transparent about these things. It's been very data driven as well. There's been surveys going out pretty much every quarter to say, you know, what do you what do you want at the moment? What do you think you'll want in the future? What are your priorities? Kind of all these different types of things. And we've been allowing that to kind of drive where we where we go next. Sam, we had quite a few surveys going out as well. Uh, I remember the latest survey was, um, what would be your ideal week uh, coming back to the office in terms of Mm. how many days would you like to be? And then many of us answered two days. uh, And I did answer two days as well. But in reality, I meant one day. And I was just like, one day might be a bit extreme, Karen. So let's put two days. (laughs) (laughs) And turns out we are going back two days in the office and a bit like you. So it's three months trial. And then we are going to view it and then see how we're moving forward after that. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like, I don't know, I have mixed feelings about going back to the office because, you know, on one hand, I'm very scared of losing all these plus points we discussed on being at home but on the other hand I'm also very excited about seeing the team begin at Carlytics where we're quite close and we we interact quite a lot so very excited about seeing my team so the data team but also all the other teams and spend some time together but uh, I think what makes me the most anxious is that commute Uh, I've always been uh, I don't want Mm -hmm. to get on the pack train I mentioned that I have a one hour commute. It doesn't have to be one hour. I just make it a bit longer so I avoid the the crowd and get in a way that's less crowded yeah. and where I can sit on the train. So now I'm thinking, how am I going to get on that busy train again? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely understand what you mean. I think also it's like, where is this time going to come from that you used to, you know, if it's two hours, but it's not just two hours though, because although it's the commute, it's also putting on proper clothes and doing your hair nicely because you can work from home in your pajamas. You can't show up to the office in pajamas. So realistically, that's an extra three hours. Uh, And maybe you go out for, I don't know, drinks after work or, you know, see someone after work. So that's four hours. It's like, what, what is it that people are going to give up to be able to go back into the office we've all had that extra time I mean I've been using it to do exercise and do non-profit work and that's been great I would have a really hard time deciding what it is that I want to to give up 
and I think my biggest concern for me is what if a mixed working from home and being in the office is the worst of both worlds. Can you remember in the before times when you were the only one dialing into a meeting and everyone else was in a meeting room and you'd be forgotten about and maybe someone would dial you in at the right time, maybe they wouldn't, would they remember that you were there during the meeting? I think that's going to be pretty hard. And also is people like what they are familiar with and if you're that person that's always out of the office and working from home is that going to put you at a disadvantage when it comes to performance reviews because people can't see the awesome work that you're doing in the way that they could if you were in the office and so I think for me it's is this hybrid approach going to be the best of both worlds or the worst of both worlds which one is it going to be? Yeah, I see what you mean. I think, you know, as we we mentioned the three-month review, maybe we should also make sure that we have our own three-month review about how things have worked out for us and Mm. make sure that we adjust based on that. Uh, Our return to the office policy is that everybody will have to be in the office Tuesdays and Wednesdays, so that might help around, uh, you know, when everybody is in the office, maybe Mm, we can do the meetings there uh, and then after you can come or not come if you want but I think at least having a couple of days where we know everybody's in the office might help yeah I think for me as well for for client work I probably prefer to stay at home so I do four days client work and then one day I get for staying up to date um, because the platform moves so quickly um, if you spend three months solidly on an engagement like you're out of date by the time you finish so like I, I don't see the need for me to go in for client work but I think it would be nice to have that one day a week where yes you're going into the office to see people and it's kind of accepted that you're not spending that billable time chatting to people like that's yeah. a hard thing to to justify right it's like hey I'm thousands of dollars a day uh and 30 minutes I spent talking to people like I, I can't justify that that just doesn't sound like the right thing to do yeah so we we touched on you touched on a few things, so what people are going to remove and what people are going to keep, and that's kind of going to have to build new habits. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, it might sound silly, like we are going back to the office, we were going to the office before, but this is quite a big change because it does change the way you you lead your life, basically. Mm-hmm. And we, I, I guess we're all going to have to be careful around how we do that. And how I was saying at the beginning, this doesn't have to be a sudden change. And I feel like we could, instead of just having this sudden change, we could transition into it. So starting from now, creating new habits. So I know that in September, we're likely going to be back to the office to some extent. Um, So maybe starting building new habits around thinking about how my life is going to look like when I'm back in the office and trying to transition toward that. Uh, you mentioned what we are going to, <laughs> what we are going to remove from our routine, uh, things we are going to have to give up on. How do you feel about maybe people should be making a list of all these things they are doing, the things they want to keep and the things that they won't be able to keep because of these new things? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So start with the things that you loved when working from home and don't want to give up on. So an example might be, you know, I want to make time so that I can exercise every day because it makes me feel fantastic. So how can you fit that in? I'd say something else as well. Like, is there any way that you can cut down on some of these things? So I spoke a little bit earlier about kind of maintenance. 
you know, to, to look professional, is there any way that actually you could dial back on that? Like everyone's seen each other now without makeup on, <laughs> like no eyebrows drawn in, like the, <laughs> it's done. Like everyone knows what you look like now. It's, <laughs> I don't think people can hold it against you anymore. And, you know, there are ways that you can save time on the things that maybe you wouldn't, you, you would have spent a lot of time on before, but don't anymore. Uh, but you talk about building better habits. I also hear people say, you know, I'm going to try and do this thing. And just trying harder to get something done is a terrible way of getting change to happen in your life. You know, imagine if a CEO stood up at the end of the you know financial year and said, well, we didn't have a good year, but next year we're going to try really hard. Like that's a terrible way of like, you know, getting something in your life. So, you know, what are the systems that you set up? Do you have, you know, personal reviews? How do you track what it is that you're doing? Do you journal? What is it that you're doing to be accountable for the things that you ultimately want to do? Because you're responsible for your own happiness. How are you going to be accountable to that? Yeah, so accountability is key here. So making sure we transition into these new habits, uh, make time where we can, and also make sure we're accountable. I I like this. In terms of habit, there is a really great book I would recommend to anyone who would like to to learn how to set up new habit, Atomic Habits from James Clear. That's a, a mm-hmm. really great book. I like it. Um, in terms of the commute, it sounds like none of us wants to to commute. How are we reinventing the commute to make it to make it work? I honestly don't know that we can, to be honest. No. I, I mean, the, the the way that I see it is, you can't. You've got this commute, and you've got to take it out of the amount of time that you have. And again, how are you kind of categorizing this time? Because you can't take something that is ultimately effort you can't kid yourself that it's fun you can't be like oh well you know that two hours of recreation that I used to do in the evening to unwind I'm going to spend that on my commute instead you're just going to end up burning out that's not fun that's not a way to unwind yet you you can't just kind of pretend that it's like oh you know I'm, I'm just going to do less fun things so that I can commute like that's not that's not great um but similarly you know you might have been putting that in the work time so if you you knew that you were going normally you'd leave the house at eight and get back at seven and you've been working that entire time you're now going to be less productive so you know you can try and kid yourself and be like oh I'm going to be really productive on my commute but I don't know about you that's a really hard thing to do on the tube uh, the train to London at the moment it has like no wi-fi at the moment so I if, if you if you're listening and you've feel like you can turn this into something that either you enjoy through listening to audiobooks or maybe you do some email triage on the commute like that's 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 great and I really recommend that you do it but I I honestly don't think there's a a blanket recommendation that I can give to people to to make their commute suddenly better yeah sorry I think (laughs) commutes are are a tough one I think something I I could try or or that could try if you have the the possibilities. Maybe we we did mention this um, exercising regularly, and mm-hmm. I, I think one thing that we could potentially use the commute for is that. So if you're close enough to the yeah. office, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to say something terrible here. I'm going to say you could cycle. So I like to cycle. Um, I've cycled to the office before. It's a bit longer now for me to cycle to the office. I would get there quite sweaty, but there, there are showers. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, funny you say that, actually. I took up cycling um, when I moved because I don't have a car, so I, I cycle everywhere. I think when I eventually move back to London, I would like to cycle to the office. Again, I appreciate it's not for everyone. I'm fortunate that I can wear jeans and T-shirts to the office. You know, maybe it's a bit more of a hassle. Yeah. Um, but if you can do that double duty, again, also cycling in London can be dangerous. To please, you know, please don't go out and do a dangerous route if you're not used to cycling. But yeah, that's a really good point, Karen. That's why I was saying I'm going to say something terrible because I had a bad experience with the cycling and cars and pedestrians that uh, I would not want to replicate. But I've noticed that throughout the lockdown, basically, they they took the opportunity with less cars and less people mm. around to create new cycling lanes. So that might be the way <laughs> we will see. But Holly, you you said something earlier around... You know, we, we've been talking about reinventing the commute. You you mentioned about people trying to be more productive during the commute. That could be a bit dangerous. You you spoke about removing things. And I, I do hear from everything you say, this topic of priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we make sure we prioritize correctly to be able to make this return to the office work for us? So the way that I do it and... I can't guarantee that it's going to work for everyone is I have a list of priority. I have a big Trello board at home and I, on the very right hand side, I have my priorities in life on what do I want to get out of, of life really. Like when I'm on my deathbed, I can say, yes, I'm so happy that I put all this time into friendships and I put time into, you know, all these other categories. And again, they have a priority too. So when I'm figuring out what do I want to do for the next what do I want to achieve in the next year, in the next six months, however long ahead? I think, how well does this correlate to my life priorities? Now, when I was younger, a lot of it was to do with career focus. And I wanted to you know, accelerate. I wanted to get further. And I wanted to climb that career ladder. But now that I am more established, it's become more of a balance. I don't want to spend all day, every day working. What maybe my career used to be at the top, it no longer is. My well-being is slap bang number one. Uh, that is making sure that I am, you know, that I'm healthy, that I have a body that is going to prepare me for old age, that I feel happy in what it is that I'm doing, that I'm taking care of myself. And so if I have to make this decision of, do I want to make myself miserable by doing three countries in three days on the plane uh, for the sake of my career or would I rather look after my body a little bit better it's really easy to make that decision to say you know what careers can change the body I have that's mine and that's the one that I have for life so for me it's a very easy decision to be able to make to say actually my career isn't everything I'm not my career it is it's never going to love you back it's a means to an end. It gives me purpose, but so do many other things in life as well. So being able to put that in your priorities. And again, you might be, I don't know, just graduating and you really want to, you know, look at your career and focus on that for a while. And that's fine. And so when we're talking about these things of commute and how to make it work and all of that kind of stuff, it it doesn't necessarily have to work if that's going to get you to where you want to be. But if you have way bigger priorities in life Uh, maybe you're a parent maybe you're a carer maybe you just have a different calling in life and work just pays the bills you know it's okay to say actually career you're not the priority and so that means I'm not going to spend 20 hours a week commuting yeah so from from what I'm hearing is 
knowing your priorities. So having a proper honest conversation with yourself, knowing your priority and making sure you you do make them your priorities and don't get distracted by other things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, I'll give you an example. There are sometimes when I'm asked to maybe work late. So we have a lot of colleagues out in San Francisco and so they're eight hours behind. You know, there are some times when the evenings they'll say, oh, you know, can I just put a meeting in? It's only 30 minutes and it clashes with some of the nonprofit work that I'm doing. It's like, well, no, that's 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 not OK. Please reschedule to a more appropriate time. And that's fine. And sometimes people get a bit huffy about it. But it again, when I'm on my deathbed, do I want to be that person that attended every meeting or do I want to be that person who gave back and did some nonprofit work? And that makes it a lot easier to be able to make those decisions. Yeah. And uh, conscious of time, I I was thinking maybe uh, we could talk about how we will use our time going back to the office. So you, you did mention um, doing some client work at home what you will focus your time on when you are in the office when I'm in the office the aim will be focused on mainly establishing kind of the Holly Smith brand so people know that I'm there people know that I exist I appreciate this is a podcast and you can't see what I look like but right now I have kind of orange hair it's normally some kind of bold unnatural color the branding is quite strong Um, I'm also one of the few women in the office as well so it also kind of you know double whammy and people know and recognize who I am and what it is that I'm good for uh, and so that you can always be seen for those next uh, big projects that are coming up that are going to give you a lot of kind of publicity and so that's probably going to be my main area of focus um, you know, we'll have a lot of kind of team socials and things like that, but that's, you know, per- honestly, personal branding is probably going to be the, the focus. Yeah, I think personal brand and networking, definitely top of the list for me too. Well, thank you so much, Holly, for joining me on the Women in Data podcast. That was a really interesting chat. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. If you don't want to miss the next episode, make sure you follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on LinkedIn. You can also register to the community for free by heading to womenindata.co.uk. We would love to hear from you, so don't be shy and drop us some feedback or a review. This will help us enhance the content and bring the guests that you want to hear from. Have a great day.